Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. Hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program, our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Mindy McCulley, Extension Specialist for Instructional Support at the University of Kentucky. I'm sitting in today for Dr. Jennifer Hunter, who is our Assistant Director for Family and Consumer Sciences Extension and our regular host. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Ann Hall Norris, our Extension Specialist for Food Safety and Preservation. Welcome, Ann Hall. Thanks, Mindy. I'm happy to be here. So I don't know about you, but I am excited to jump right into our topic for today, the thrill of the grill. Oh, yes. I love cooking on the grill. Well, I think that there is nothing better than that first grilled burger of the summer with those juicy red ripe tomatoes, and I just can't wait to sink my teeth into one of those. Oh, I know. That's my my favorite thing on the grill is a hamburger with Swiss cheese and a ripe tomato, so I am just waiting patiently for my tomatoes to come in. And I know some people prefer steak or chicken. For me, that grilled burger is my favorite. So I don't want that thrill of enjoying my delicious hamburger to be tainted by the possibility of getting sick because I didn't prepare, grill, or serve my food properly. I understand. So let's get started with what do we need to do to ensure that we are ready to start grilling? Well, you always want to start with clean utensils and clean hands. So wash your hands before and after handling your your meat products. Um, And I like to be organized. Uh, My part of the task when we're grilling is to do the marinade and get the plates ready and the utensils ready. And then my husband gets to do the fun part. He puts it on the grill. I make sure that the, the plates are clean, that I have a separate plate for my cooked product and I don't mix up you know, the plate that had the raw meat on it. And I'm always very careful to wash my hands and so is he. Yeah, I think that that's really important that we highlight how important it is to, to wash your hands at every step. You know, if you're the one that's going from the first marinade to the, to the end, you need to wash frequently. But if you are, you know, pairing up, as you said, that everybody needs to wash their hands, right? That's right. And part of my job is to get, you know, get the vegetables ready too. I know we're going to be talking about meat, but we grill our vegetables on the grill too. And you want to make sure that you're not putting those vegetables on the same cutting board or the same plate that held the raw meat because you don't want to transfer that bacteria from the meat onto your vegetables. So you want to make sure that everything's clean and separated. That's perfect. So what about frozen meat? Can we just take a a frozen piece of meat and throw it right on the grill? Well, you shouldn't. It's recommended that everything be thawed completely before you put it on the grill. That way you're going to get a thorough cook step there. So thawing is important too. You don't ever want to thaw at room temperature out on the counter. If you're going to thaw your product, you want to thaw it in the refrigerator. And sometimes that takes some planning ahead because it can take two or three days to thaw something, especially if it's a large piece of meat. Sometimes I don't always think ahead and I'm able to do that. So you can thaw under running cold water or you can put it in a sink of cold water and change it frequently. Um, You can even thaw in the microwave as long as you're going to put it right on the grill. But thawing is important. You don't want to set it out on the, the picnic table and let it thaw before you grill or leave it on the counter at room temperature. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because that's the argument that we have the most at my house about how we thaw the meat. And so we definitely do want to keep that in the refrigerator or else under the the running water or in the cold water bath. And 
also marinating. You want to marinate in the refrigerator too. Now you might not be marinating your burger, but um, a lot of times you're going to marinate your chicken or your pork or any of those roasts that you're doing. And so you want to marinate in the refrigerator as well. You don't want to marinate out on the counter or out on the picnic table, you know, if you're not at home. That is the good advice to give. You know, at my house, like at yours, Ed, grilling is a team effort. So I, I try to handle that thawing and marinating before my husband gets to swoop in and, and do the grilling. But when we are ready to grill, what are some things that we need to watch for? Before we move on, I want to say something about the marinade too. You're marinating that that meat and it's raw. And so you should throw away that marinade, anything that's left. You, you don't want to put that on any cooked product, but sometimes that recipe for the marinade is really tasty and you want to use it as a sauce. So if you do want to put it on cooked product, you need to make sure you bring that marinade to a full boil before you serve it as a dipping sauce or put, or put it over cooked product. Sometimes I'll make two recipes of the marinade. One is for the meat and I'll throw out that's left over. And then the other one I use for, for dipping sauce or, or just yes. to... That that's thing. an even better idea. Yes, that's great. But to, to go on to what you were saying, when you're, when you're cooking your meat, you want to make sure that you cook it properly. And the only real way to tell if it's done is to use a meat thermometer. And you can use a digital meat thermometer or one of the uh, ones with a dial. But you want to make sure that you insert that thermometer to each piece of meat before you take it off the grill and make sure that it has reached the proper cooking temperature. And that's, that's another place where I like to give a little guidance when my husband's out at the grill <laughs> to always make sure that he takes the thermometer to the, the little indicator notch. Glad you brought that up. So on your metal stump thermometer, there'll be a little notch, maybe a half inch from the tip. And so that's where you get the correct temperature measurement. So you want to make sure that the thermometer is inserted to that little notch. And it's difficult on, on a flat burger. So a lot of times you'll have to take the burger, pick it up with your tongs and turn it sideways so that you can stick that thermometer down and get to the center of that meat. You don't want to rely on color as an indicator of doneness. You know, you don't want to just cut that patty open and say, oh, it's all brown inside. It's done now because that might not be true. That's right. Sometimes they're finished and they're still pink, right? Yes, that can happen. And so while we're talking about this, I want to tell you that your ground beef, any kind of ground meat like that, uh, beef, pork, or lamb, you need to take to an internal temperature of 160 degrees. And then any of your chicken, so your ground chicken, if you were doing a, a, a ground turkey burger or any kind of poultry, needs to go a little bit higher. You need to take that to 165 degrees Fahrenheit your big chops or your roast or your steaks, those only need to go to 145 degrees Fahrenheit. But you do need to make sure that you use a thermometer and your extension offices have these temperatures in a little chart, um, you know, easy to remember, sometimes even refrigerator magnets. But um, it's important to know the differences in temperatures for the different types of meats. And we will make sure to put those in the show notes so that if anybody wants to refer back to it, they don't have to come back to this point in the podcast to find it. So make sure that that's it there as well. So now that we have cooked this meat, and you did talk a little bit about our vegetables, when we're cooking our vegetables um, on the grill, what recommendations do you have for that? Well, you don't have to really cook a vegetable to a certain temperature. And that's that's kind of a, a preference for people. I like my vegetables a little more crisp. My husband and my kids like them a little more soft. I've, I refer to them as soggy and overcooked, but <laughs> it's just a personal preference. We will sometimes slice them up and put them in a, a little bag of tin foil and let them sit on the grill and kind of steam. But a lot of times we'll just cut them whole and lay them on the grill, kind of like a, a zucchini steak. 
you can also do corn in the husk on the grill too. You want to make sure you, you wet it before you put it on there. But vegetables are great on the grill. They have a totally different flavor than if you steamed them or just boiled them. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite flavors is those grilled vegetable flavor. So now that we have grilled our meat and our, our all of our food and we're ready to eat, what are some um, important considerations for serving that meat? Okay. Well, if you're going to not eat it immediately, you can move the meat over to a warmer part of the grill and maybe hold it on the side or an upper rack if you have one. It's important to keep that cooked food above 140 degrees. You want to keep it warm before you serve it. Um, You don't want to put it out on a platter and let it sit for more than two hours. You don't want it to be at room temperature for for more than two hours. You can put it in a tray and keep it on the grill and keep it warm. So, you know, we often hear that we need to let our meat rest. And do we let that rest on the grill or do we put it out on the countertop? Well, how do we let the meat, the meat rest? Well, resting is important and allows those internal juices to stay in there and makes for a juicier product. So you want to remove it from the heat and put it on a tray or a platter and cover it with tin foil and let it rest. Some some products, maybe burgers, you want to let rest a couple of minutes. Your steaks, maybe three or four minutes. And then your your roast, your larger pieces of meat, um, you'll want to let rest longer. And that just helps to keep those uh, juices inside and, and make it, make it a, a really tender. Because that's probably one of the things that people complain about most with grilled food is that it's dry. That happens a lot with chicken. And I don't know if people are cooking it on too high of a heat or, you know, it gets cooked on the outside before the inside gets done. And then when they take that temperature, it isn't up to 165. So they keep cooking it longer. Mm -hmm. So uh, my husband usually starts out on a medium or medium to high heat and cooks it slower so the outside doesn't get done before the inside reaches that internal temperature. So cooking it on a a little bit lower heat helps and then letting it rest also helps to make for a juicier product. So um, now that we've eaten this delicious meal that full of juicy meat and delicious vegetables, I'm sure that there will be leftovers. So what are we going to do with those leftovers? Well, we want to get those packaged up and in a cooler or in the refrigerator in under two hours. You don't want it to sit out for longer than two hours at room temperature. And then if it's hot outside, if it's, you know, in the middle of July or August and it's above 90 degrees, you don't want that food to sit out for more than one hour. So planning comes into play here. You don't want to have so much food that it's not eaten within an hour or two hours. And then you have to have a way to pack all that up and get it cooled down properly. Um, But you don't want it to sit out for more than two hours. And then if it's really hot outside, you don't want it to sit out for more than one hour before you get it packaged up and cooled. And I know that people hate the thought of throwing away good meat because it is expensive. But if it's left out longer than that two hours, that's really the best idea, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's the best practice. Yes. All right. Well, I am ready to go eat a great big juicy hamburger now that we've had this discussion. Um, Oh, I know. I'm looking forward to cooking on the grill tonight. And I I do hope that um, our listeners will follow your guidance for the safest and healthiest grilling experience that they can possibly have, because we do want grilling to be a thrill and not make anybody ill, right? Right. A thrill and not making people ill. Good job. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for joining me, Ann Hall. Thanks for having me, Mindy. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition and health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT. 
Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local Extension agent for Family and Consumer Sciences. We build strong families. It starts with us.